Welcome to SBL Perspectives, the pulse of school business. In the official podcast of ASBO International. The official podcast. And I am Dr. Jack R. Mitchell, here along with the esteemed John Bricado. John Bricado. Wow. Can you believe it? Uh, we are, let's see, this is third week of June. We are winding down. School yeah. year 22, 23. One more week Crazy. left, brother. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. It's wild. But that brings us to our episode today. There's no stopping with when it comes to the business office, as everybody knows, listening here and Today, mm-hmm. we have uh, Sherry Diamond. She is the partner at Serenian Associates LLP. And Sherry talks to us all about auditing, claims auditing. And what I thought was a really interesting twist was how artificial intelligence may play a role in the future when it comes to auditing and just kind of our interactions with the auditing process in general. So uh, yeah. a really fascinating conversation. We learned a lot today, I know that. And I'm sure that everybody listening will learn just as much. So uh, here's our conversation with Sherry Diamond. Today on the podcast, we have Sherry Diamond. Sherry is a partner at Serenian Associates, LLP. Sherry, welcome to the podcast. We're happy to have you. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Sherry, how's it going? Going. <laughs> year end. Here we go. Yeah, you crazy. know what? Um, year end is busy. So we really appreciate you taking that time Absolutely this morning, right, to come in and, and talk to us. Um, and having said that, you know, um, it was great to see you the other day uh, at the NASBO chapter meeting. You always are fresh with ideas. And I mean, it, it's so great, to, like I said, for you to come on. Um, so with that, uh, we always like to begin uh, with anyone we have on. We like to give them an opportunity just to tell them about yourself, you know, whatever your experience, your background may be. And I guess really what your firm serves as a purpose for our school districts. Sure. That's that's great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. Um, so uh, I've been with the firm for 15 years and I oversee the internal audit and consulting services that we provide. So that includes internal audits and claims auditing service for the public school arena. Um, we have a huge education practice. It's almost 15 to 20 people um, dedicated in the firm out of 75 people that support education as a whole. So that's private charter. You know, you mix it up, special education, any of those kind of things. So altogether, you know, um, it, it's a really good support environment, you know, for the public schools because it's it's so many uh, different interfaces that schools have to deal with, you know, as far as educating students. So before that, just to give you a little bit of quick background, um, I was at Avis. Their world headquarters used to be in Garden City. I think this is Smash oh, yeah? Parker there. Yeah. Um, I graduated from Hofstra a billion years ago. Um, with okay. the, uh, the first kind of accredited degree in, um, it was accounting, business, and, and information systems. So this is in the 80s, early 80s. So I'm going to date myself. <laughs> um, and then I was there in their business department, you know, writing code to extract it out of their mainframe system to write wow. financial reports and create, you know, different analyses for them. Well, the system that I used was a system that was a proprietary system from their external auditors, Coopers and Libran. They caught wind of what I was doing and they're like, well, wait a minute, you need to come work for us. And then I went into public accounting in the big eight firms and did that four years in New York City, two years in D.C. Wow. Um, doing a lot of uh, the uh, external audits, but really the IT part of it. So okay. where you could audit around the system back then. Then went to internal audit, really loved it at Grumman. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Oh, um, so that was a whole, totally different animal there. Again, really yeah. uh, heavy on the IT operations and IT uh, audit type of activities. So I have that kind of blended background, which is obviously very useful now. Um, got my teaching degree, 
was a piano accompanist in a school district. Is that so? (laughs) You've seen it all, Sherry. I've learned so much about you, but continue. Yes. Yes. (laughs) You never know, like, you know, like, you might have a relation, like, you know, you're not best friend, was friends with you, you know, you never know if you don't say anything. So, um, so yeah, so I've kind of got my way back into public accounting, kind of combining everything in, 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 in an area that I really is near and dear to me. My mom was a public school teacher in New York City. So, uh, so yeah, it's great. Wow, that that is uh, such an interesting history, and yeah. I mean, IT and teaching. I mean, you've you've seen it all. That's, uh, that's oh, really and impressive. I write children's music, and I have two self published CDs, and yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we learned so much about our guests yeah. on this podcast. Well, Thank well, you so well, much for that. Yeah, that's that's what I'm going to do my next life. So yeah, yeah, that, that's great. Um, so maybe not as exciting as writing children's music and, and publishing some CDs, but can we talk a little about the claims auditing process uh, sure. and then just kind of you know briefly walk us through the process and and how is it different? How is it similar to other auditing processes that school districts have to go through? Because you know, as school districts, we are highly scrutinized uh, from the beginning to the end of the year, throughout the year with, you know, use of public funds yeah. and everything that we have yeah. to do in the business office and otherwise. So yeah, if you could just maybe walk us through the claims auditing process, how it's a little similar and different. And I guess really most importantly, how can districts best prepare for a claims audit and just really prepare throughout the year for that? Yeah, that's that's a fantastic question. And it's definitely something where, you know, that's where the education part of me kind of comes out where you know, you want to foster that collaborative relationship and, and um, help districts to, um, you know, prepare as best as possible because it becomes a win-win for us as well and them. So, you know, Jack, when your claims, you know, when we're coming in to do that, you know, when the packets are complete, and I'm going to talk about what, what that all means in a second, but, you know, it everything is, you know, it goes smoother. We have less questions. We don't have write-ups. We don't have instances. It's a clean report. Everybody's happy. Um, and, you know, that that's great if you could do that as an auditor. Um, yeah, I don't really know how Agreed. I Agreed. Yes. Um, <laughs> but the, the, the claims audit role is a very, very scripted role. It's very different from some of the other audit roles. I, I kind of put it under the internal audit kind of activity um, because, you're, you know, you're really working collaboratively and together and, and right after something yes. happens. So, um, you know, it's, it, it's also different and it's a hundred percent, it's a hundred percent testing. So in other words, you know, it's, it's, it's not a sample. It, you know, you can do certain sampling, I guess, if you're over a certain size, you know, that, that was thrown around some years ago. So I, I really don't know if anybody's embracing that maybe in some of the big five districts, but, um, you know, it's, it's looking at everything and making sure that it's a list that you kind of have to follow. So, you know, when you see like, what we do, it's like obviously making sure that the check is written out correctly to the correct vendor for the correct amount um, and that it's, you know, an appropriate school district purchase. And that's sometimes where we get, uh, you know, some some back and forth and that if the if the staff are out and they're, they're seeing something they're not quite sure about, that's when it usually gets chalked up to me and I get involved, you know, and then that's when I break out the school law book. Um, with people. yeah, sure. I was going to ask. Yeah. With with that, you know, what's an appropriate purchase? Like, wh- yeah. where does the discretion come in? I mean, do, do you get into it sometimes with some of the business oh, yeah. office yeah, folks? Yeah, how, how does that work? Um, and, I mean, and I'll ask around to either other district officials. You know, some very very seasoned. Um, you know, uh, I know you can't see, but I have the school law yeah, book. Yeah, your school law book. Right. Oh, I see some bookmarks right here, too. So. And I have some. You know, as it should be. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, and, and then I also have a relationship with, um, you know, two of the, the attorneys that work very closely with school districts, um, asking them questions and, and just because not all, just, you know, we're not all designed the same way. So right. what, 
could be considered an appropriate, I mean, purchase. Now, obviously, you can't purchase, you know, alcohol. That's, you know, that's an right. obvious. That, that's, okay. a, that's an easy one. Yeah, that, that's an easy <laughs> yeah. one. Where, where it starts to get gray is, you know, meals, you know, at meetings. Uh, that's where we see some trip-ups, you know, uh, certain things. If it's for a student, you know, usually, you know, it's something that could go through. But it has to be careful. Like, if it's in this school book as an example, yeah. you know, like, you can't purchase, like, um, uh, you know, athletic gear with their names on it. Like, that That you can't do. Right. Um, you can't purchase flowers or pins for graduating students, but you can do other things. So, can, you know, can I ask your opinion on, so you mentioned yeah. food and this is always yeah. kind of like a hot yeah, button yeah, issue yeah. because it, it, I think it really comes down to the district. <laughs> yeah. I've been in districts where yeah. it was a strict, no food policy, even for meetings, right. even for receptions, anything right. like that. And I've been a part of districts where it's just yeah. almost like a buffet all the time. <laughs> so, so that we try where, to where nip land Yeah. Um, if there's a policy uh, or it's contractual. Yeah. You know, if there's an contractual agreement and there was a policy where, you know, you don't want to make it so miserable for people where you're having a meeting and you're asking them to work through a lunch period or something or, or another meal period. Right. Um, you know, maybe, you know, either telling them in advance that this is what's going to happen to bring yeah, the bring lunch, your own lunch to order <laughs> things, but you're all paying for it. Um, yeah. But, you know, you have to be cognizant of this is taxpayer money. It's just strict dollars. And, you know, um, we're you fiduciaries. Know, it, it, yeah, I mean, so, you know, I, I think we want to kind of, you know, do things in a, in a prudent manner. They, the, the laws don't really help us to because they talk about reasonable. Yeah, open interpretation. Yeah. certainly. And what's a meal? And then we started getting into, you know, are we the nutrition police? You know, if they put in when they were at a <laughs> conference that they put, and this is the classic example because this happened, cherry Coke and cherry Twizzlers, and that was their meal. I mean, are we going yeah. to that's not deliver to the room? Yeah, right, exactly. Right, you right. Know? So, you know, what time is it a snack? Is it a meal? You know, you start to drive, yeah. drive crazy. And then, Tricky. you know, I, I really kind of lean on back to the districts and say, why are we spending so much time on this? Our energies really need to be focused on on some of the other bigger matters and making sure that we're procuring things in a competitive fashion. That's something that the OSC will absolutely for you sure. know, go for. And that that's what we look at their reports, too, and try to make sure that you know, it's really adhering to those things. So that's where the packet comes into play. So that's where everything mm -hmm. is complete. Everything is together. It tells the story. Um, I'm, I'm not, you know, we're going into a different technology age. We've been going into it for a while. This Reduce the Paper Act has been happening for some time. So, you know, districts love paper <laughs> and have a lot of it. Um, but I, I don't think it's needed to, to recopy and copy every time, you know, there's a claim packet. If there's a contract, have a contract folder available. We scan everything in so it's all online for us. Um, but, you know, if some people are uploading those. You can attach them as a document, both in WinCap and Envision. Um, you know, you just really want to highlight if there's anything abnormal in that packet like where an email would suffice like you want that detail in there put it in the packet so it tells the story talk to your auditors and also let them know you know ahead of time so i think that's probably the best thing is try to reach out before it's even being purchased if you can get right. it in the bud there yeah. um before it becomes because then you're obligating yourself you know to really paying a vendor so yeah yeah sherry you know um i want to go back a little bit i guess um if you recall, um, you know, when the pandemic hit, right, uh, things 
kind of almost came to a standstill. And right. uh, working with you, you know, we had to navigate meticulously really to continue the review process. Um, that, I can tell you, prompted my district to go with ACH. Mm-hmm. Um, we knew that this check situation, trying to come in, check stock, it just was, you know, it's too much. And at the beginning of this, um, it was a huge adjustment. Um, and I, I can say I did actually speak about this recently at the Aswell New York Conference earlier this month. But, you know, I wanted to know from your perspective here, um, what challenges do you see affecting the accounting industry in the future? So, I mean, schools are a little behind <laughs> because- We most are. Is, yeah. So Big time. like, yeah, payroll, direct deposit, um, we don't even get a pay stub. I mean, in, in some other industries that, that just doesn't happen. So I think you have to sort of catch up to it and let go of some of the paper processes. That being said, you still have to be cognizant of what the internal controls are that are happening within any system. So that's, again, where your auditors are coming in and talking. And that's where, when you were going to ACH, we had a meeting. We sat down and we kind of discussed things, even though it was remote at the time, you know. How are we going to do this so that we can make sure that our audit is, you know, for the for the claims purposes, um, is being held intact and we're following all our procedures. So if you're wiring or you're sending some money out electronically, you know, we're approving all the backup stall, but then we want to make sure that it went out the same way that we're approving because so then you give us something after that shows that the money that walked out to the bank is matching what we agreed to and approved. So you have to close the loop. You have to look at the, each individual process. Um, you know, again, you have to look at systems and you have to understand how your systems are designed and, and where's, your, where's your data um, where does your data live? How secure is that? You know, who has access to it? Who can change it? It's like a kid. When it goes out, you know, on a play date, you know, does it have a sleepover? Does it come <laughs> home? Make sure very, everything. <laughs> very messed up. You don't want that. Um, you know, yeah. who's influencing it? You know, like all those kind of things and, and alerts, you know, especially banks. I mean, I think we used to think that banks were more part of the control process. I would not, and I don't mean to speak ill of them. My husband was a former bank person, but um they are not, you know, you have to make sure that, you know, you're, you're putting in the right protocols to um, have those alerts set up for any kind of suspicious activity, um, to double check, to triple check, to periodically check, make sure that these mon- this money is being, you know, sent to the, the correct account, to the correct location, routing, you know, whatever, that nobody's changing anything. Um, and it's just a lot of vigilance and just a lot of oversight, unfortunately. So that's that's what we see, you know, from our side and, and just the scams on the emails. Yeah, we're getting a lot of those. We're seeing an influx of those uh, yeah. bogus emails come through. Yeah. Ton. Yeah. So that's yeah. where you have to kind of almost go back to the old-fashioned way, pick up a phone and call somebody. Right. Verify independently and, you know, just really stop to, to you know, think, could, how could someone scam this? How can someone make an error and how could someone you know, increase fraud. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of in that same vein, uh, you know, you had recently hosted a webinar on artificial intelligence. And yeah, AI is really at the front burner, I think, of a lot of people's minds across many different industries. We're seeing a lot of benefits come through from AI, but we're also seeing a lot of things that could threaten the integrity of some of the work that we do. And just from your standpoint, from an auditing standpoint, um, what kind of issues are you kind of predicting with AI and how do you see that kind of interfering with 
you know, your work and your work with school districts? Yeah, so that's that's a really great, great question and something that we're trailing right now because it's still in its infancy, you know, and we can mm-hmm. are going to see it evolve even more. And it, um, it's but exponentially quickly it's going to go. So this is going to be like, wow, you know, and then like you're, the not, you're yeah. not going to even right. You're not going to even remember what it was like before. I mean, I I started my career before the Internet. I, I mean. Um, I, before GPS, I don't even know how I got around. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you make a really good point too. I mean, AI really is it, yeah. from our consumption in its infancy, but it's amazing how that infancy is so yeah. capable. So, so I can't even imagine what it's going to be like in the next yeah. five years, let alone. Yeah, so for me, yeah. And I, I think, yeah, I think you'll see within five years, a really big change. Um, it's, it's kind of scary and interesting to me at the same time. Um, you know, I've been involved in technology for God knows how many decades. Um, So I've seen a lot of evolution. I've seen a lot of changes. I've seen a lot of risks. Um, But honestly, some of the risks are still the same. But with AI, I think people are just, and the internet, I think people are a little too trusting. And, you know, it's going to be a balance of what we do as workers, you know, as part of the control process and what we're willing to have technology do for us. So some of the obvious for AI is going to be like reporting. You know, you're going to be like, yeah, great. Reports are, you know, you can kick that out. But again, somebody had to code that. So how is it coded? So this kind of reminds me of the old days, you know, in the mainframe days when we had to go back and do it was kind of talk, um, referred to as a program change control audit. Right. You know, looking at the code. Sometimes we'll ask questions. Are you writing any code? Are you, you know, are, when, are you just using the system? So, you know, Jack, in your case, it's Envision. Are you just staying within the system or are you doing something else? Are you exporting the data, doing something else with it? Well, how do I know yes. that that's working right? It won't be safe as well. Right. Um, and, and the thing is, you know, everything could be manipulated. So there could be errors, you know, um, mm-hmm. and biases. We've seen that reports come out from artificial intelligence. So you have to make sure that you're getting things completely and accurately. Those are the two big buzzwords of audit. Um, but AI doesn't have intuition. It, it, it doesn't have emotion. It, it doesn't know that part of the equation where, you know, ha- like about that data and what else you can interpret it. You know, like mm. you, I think you, we still need that. I hope we still need that. Is, is auditing profession itself starting to utilize that more? I mean, we've always used some, t- maybe some analytics, you know, um, in the profession to maybe blast through data to, to use that. But yes, there are, there are some things that can tell us readily if something, you know, and I would say on a bigger scale kind of organization, you could see it more readily when you're talking about lots of big data, um, just like corporations are using that against us, you know, as far as advertising and things like that. So, um, yeah, it doesn't always tell the whole story. And that's why you still have to kind of do your procedures. Yeah. And a lot of these systems are only as good as the data you give it to. I mean, exactly. like you said, the, these these are still just computer systems. And all, right. although AI may appear human, as far right. as I know, there isn't something that is sentient, right? So That's, it's only as good as the data you give it. So I think you make a really mm-hmm. good point, especially about being people being a little bit too trusting. Right. And and that's the thing is that if they're giving their data to, to you know, in an AI format, like how do they know how secure it is? You, you, you can't drop that ball, you right. know? So again, you have to sort of just think it through and, and, uh, really ask some questions and do the back end diligence and that oversight. Yeah. Awesome. So now I, I remember I also saw you speak yourself, um, in the May chapter meeting. Um, and so you spoke to other aspects, right. That you handle, uh, like the internal external auditing. Um, 
from that perspective, what do you think is most challenging aspect of being on the other side, the external order? Right. So internal and external, there's, they're two different, um, you know, real mm-hmm. functions there. And in, in internal audit, you're really, it, you're supposed to be really working together. Um, because like I, mm-hmm. I was internal audit at Grumman, so people are like forget like, no, I got stock options from them. So yeah, uh, is there a conflict there? No, because it's designed in a certain way to make sure that, you know, we're, we're getting everybody on board. So external audit is really only looking at your financial health. You know, and I'm not downplaying it. It's a very, very important part. But the difficulties for, you know, the external audits, keeping up with all the regulations, getting clients to have everybody, you know, all the reports done and the data needed in order to perform the audit. Well, you close your books uh, uh, soon, uh, hopefully. Uh, and then you got to turn around and do all these testing procedures and they add more regulations on, which means, you know, they, they're changing Gatsby's and that makes it harder, you know, like yeah. to kind of pull it together. And then you just have a short window of time and then it's got to get a, reviewed and approved you know, and ultimately, you know, by the board. So, um, you know, I, I think the other thing is just explaining the report. I, I think that's where we see, you know, to to the board or to the audit committee, sometimes they don't have the right background or they don't understand certain things or sometimes they understand it too well. And then they're, <laughs> then you go back and forth with, you know, what should and should not be, you know, included in the report. Yeah, especially with governmental accounting too. I mean, I, I've, have some board members that are used to private sector accounting and it's just right. it's sometimes it's apples and oranges. So yeah, I think yeah. being able to explain that is really important too. Yeah. Um, but going back to something you had mentioned prior, you know, the mantra of the auditor is completeness and accuracy. So yeah. can you talk to us a little bit about how you ensure that accuracy? And, you know, the claims audit, auditing thing is one thing. You're going through everything, every single thing at once. You're not taking samples. You're not right. taking small segments. You're going through every single transaction. So how do you ensure that accuracy? And I think even more important, dealing with uh, public funds, how does that transparency kind of fold into that? And how do you ensure that as well? Right. So I would say for claims auditing, it's kind of, it's it's a very separate role. So we're coming in kind of after, we still want to understand the purchasing processes and the account. Obviously we're looking at the accounts payable processes. So that's where we're, we're at um, to try to get them included or try to get us included more on the purchasing side so that we can have that dialogue to prevent something or to ensure that the controls are really adhered to on the purchasing side of the equation are good. But again, we're only looking at like the, that area of a school district. So obviously it's a very, very methodical approach and it's a lot of trust and verify and it's understanding the processes first and then looking at and brainstorming ways. And that's what any audit will do is to brainstorm ways that errors could be introduced or, or fraud even, you know? So you want to make sure that it's, that it's not happening. Claims audit's very scripted. Um, other auditings, you're going to have to design tests to encompass, you know, addressing potential errors or potential fraud. Um, and it's just really about transparency, about the documentation and communication. Those are the, the two buzzwords that I always tell everybody over and over again. Those are the things that take down any uh, any organization. Um, and, and you really just want to make sure that those procedures are documented, that everybody knows their roles and responsibilities, that they have been communicated appropriately um, and ensuring that everyone is you know on board and understands it. Um, so, you know, when we're doing the claims audit, obviously our procedures are there and we dictate what our procedures are meeting with the audit committees and the boards. We'd love to do that, you know, and just explain our process. Um, having an internal audit come in to do, uh, maybe a review, looking at 
competitive purchasing procedures that are to ensure that that's really happening because we may or may not really see that, you know, so much on the claims order. So most things are going to be, for the most part, purchased through, you know, some kind of a bid or, you know, co-op. Something. Are you referring to sole source letters? Sole source letters. <laughs> don't, don't even go there. Uh, you, you, you put a sole source letter in front of us. Uh, 99%. I, I mean, really, 99.9% of the time. It's not. Yeah. Uh, our staff are sitting there going, Googling it. Uh, literally, if we have it, they'll do it on their phone. They'll figure out some way or they'll ask. They're <laughs> yeah. like, is that really so sore? I'm like, yeah, no. Um, so, mm. yeah, it really goes to, you know, working with a purchasing person first, making sure they get training. Aswell does a great, has lots of training. Um, and, and just also it starts from the top of the organization. So this is where it comes back down to the boards and district management, you know, talk about meals and things like that. What, what, what are we spending on? And, um, you know, yeah. really making sure that uh, everybody understands their role and, um, you, know, un, you know, really can, you know, articulate that and, and be uh, evident when we look at the, the information. Because with an auditor, if, if it's not documented, it's, didn't happen, right. you know? Yeah, that's nice and that you said it. And are you finding when you go from district to district, are are there policies and procedures pretty similar? Um, because I'm, I'm guessing, you know, when you're getting used to a district and you establish a relationship, you, you know there are thresholds, you know there are policies kind right. of in the back of your mind, but are you seeing similarities across districts or are you finding like, well, when I go to this district, district it's totally different. I have to change my mindset and how they operate versus another. Yeah, um, no, that no two districts are really the same. I mean, there's a lot of similarities. Yes, um, certain things have to be in the policies, and you're right. Um, policies are also the lowest hanging fruit for any auditor, especially the OSA. Um, if you're not in compliance with your own policy, then you're going to get gagged. Um, mm -hmm. If your policy isn't really working for you and you're constantly going to be out of compliance, that's when you really need to take a step back and, and assess it. And that should be done, at least some of these fiscal policies should be done every year. Um, you know, I, I think when we have different procedures, yeah, you'll see different threshold levels. We might question them. Some have very low threshold levels. Why are you going to do that? You're not even going to get a vendor to respond to you for, you know, under something under a hundred dollars, you know, right. You're not gonna. You're not gonna get your quotes. How are you documenting verbal quotes? How are you yeah. documenting? The, you know, why do we even do that? Right. Because <laughs> you're gonna wind up documenting exactly. it. Yeah. Um, and and putting certain language in. You know, at at the discretion of the purchasing agent or you know uh, something. Again, it's gonna come back down to that documentation. If you couldn't get it, this is what we did. This is why we're going with it. Mm -hmm. You know, and and really kind of demonstrating to the board, which is then demonstrating to the community about being transparent, that everything is in the packet. And that's where I think it's helpful if you do reach out to your auditors and ask them, you know, what are they seeing? You know, and, and I, we also, I mean, anytime you're with me, I mean, you look at my work papers, they're your data. <laughs> look at what we're doing. I no, no problem with it. So. Wow. You've been, you've been so great, Sherry. And I just picked up on something really good that I think I'm going to now make sure I preach to, to my staff, the transparency and yeah. documentation. I love that. And I think that that's something that will echo throughout uh, for anyone listening to this. So, you know, as anyone who uh, comes on here, uh, and I hate to say, ah, oh, we're coming to an end of this such great conversation here. Um, but we always ask, you know, what's the most important advice that you can provide, right, to any yep. SBO listening, our peers who are new or seasoned? Um, what would you have to offer them? We work better as a team. Take the time to know your team. 
know their strengths, their weaknesses. Um, get training. Make sure you get training for yourself, for your team, you know, mm -hmm. and get the team invested in the process and making recommendations to improve it. That's, that's how you know they're really going to be there. And uh, reach out to other schools, reach out to your orders. And as advice my dad would always give me, take deep breaths. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. It's yeah. great advice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Sherry, wow. thank you so much for your time today. This is a great conversation. We're excited to get this out to awesome. our listenership and a, a really interesting perspective with, you know, the AI piece, the IT background and, mm. you know, good luck in the future on uh, your, your children's music <laughs> and, and publishing you. all that. <laughs> Absolutely. You never know when I can come back in a different way, so. Right, we'll, be, we'll we'll bring it back on when you're on the radio. You know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Sherry. Much. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you again for tuning in to SBO Perspectives. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with Sherry. A lot of really interesting information. Diving into the AI piece oh, yeah. is going to be uh, kind of scary, kind of exciting in the next few Somewhat, years. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. You know, and again, in their own webinar, they made it akin to the internet when the internet yeah. came out. Who can remember beforehand now, but it just took off and that's how this is taking off. So hopefully we're ahead of it and, um, you know, we don't really get caught up in uh, the safety behind it, which right. is definitely a key component. But um, she right. was great. I definitely picked up, as I mentioned, transparency and documentation. So yeah. I hope that everyone listening can get that too. And, you know, good luck as you go to the summer. Have this the first day of summer. Have a great summer. Um, you know, we know we don't have the summer off. Uh, right, but try and be, enjoy it, right? Find the sun yeah, a little bit. Closing out our books and getting ready for orders. But just, you know, try to do the best you can, obviously, out there to get, get some fun and some sun. Yeah. Well, thank you, everyone, again, for tuning in this week. And we'll catch you next week.